0: Section twenty eight. This and that and the other. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This, that, and the other by Hilaire Belloc. Section twenty eight. Chapter twenty six. The Love of England. Love of country is general to mankind, yet is not the love of country a general thing to be described by a general title. Love changes with the object of love. The country love determines the nature of its services. The love of England has in it the love of landscape, as has the love of no other country. It has in it, as has the love of no other country, the love of friends. Less than the love of other countries has in it, is the love of what may be fixed in a phrase, or well set down in words. It lacks, alas, the love of some interminable past, nor does it draw its liveliness from any great succession of centuries. Say that ten centuries made the soil, and that in that soil four centuries more produced a tree, and that that tree was England. Then you will know to what the love of England is in most men directed. FOR MOST MEN WHO LOVE ENGLAND KNOW SO LITTLE OF HER FIRST THOUSAND YEARS, THAT WHEN THEY HEAR THE ECHOES OF THEM, OR SEE VISIONS OF THEM, THEY THINK THEY ARE DEALING WITH A FOREIGN THING. ALL ENGLISHMEN ARE CLEAN CUT OFF FROM THEIR LONG PAST WHICH ENDED WHEN THE LAST MASS WAS SUNG AT Westminster. THE LOVE OF ENGLAND HAS IN IT NO TRUE PLAINS, BUT FENS, LOW HILLS, AND DISTANT MOUNTAINS, NO VERY ANCIENT TOWNS but comfortable small and ordered ones which love to dress themselves with age the love of england concerns itself with trees accident has given to the lovers of england no long pageantry of battle nature has given englishmen an appetite for battle and between the two men who love england make a legend for themselves of wars unfought and of arms permanently successful though arms were they thus always successful would not be arms at all the greatness of the english soul is best discovered in that strong rebuke of excesses principally of excess in ignorance which a minority of englishmen perpetually express but which has not sufficed as yet to save the future of england in no other land will you so readily discover critics of that land ready to bear all for their right to doubt the common policy but though you will nowhere discover such men so readily, nowhere will you discover them so impotent or so few. The love of England breeds in those who cherish it an attachment to institutions which is half reverential, but also half despairing. In its reverence this appetite produces one hundred living streams of action and of vesture and of custom. In its despair, in its refusal to consider upon what theory the institution lies, it permits the institutions to sterilize with age, and to grow fantastic. The love of England has never destroyed, but at times, and again at closer and closer times, while we have lived, it has failed to save. Yet it will save England in the end. Men are more bound together by this music in their souls than by any other. Wherever England is or is spoken of by Englishmen, here you may discover what religion has been to many, and also you may discover here how legend and how epic arise. In men cut off from England, the love of England grows into a set repetitive thing, a thing of peculiar strength, yet almost barren. Nourished and exampled by England flourishing upon the field of England, the love of England is a love of the very earth, of the smell, of growing things, and of certain skies and of the tides in river mouths and of belts of sea if a man would understand this great thing england which is now in peril and which has so worked throughout the world he must not consider the accident of england's success and failure nor certain empty lands filled without battle nor others ruined by a folly nor certain arts singularly discovered and perfected by england nor other arts as singularly neglected and decayed, nor must he contrast the passionate love of England with some high religion of which it takes the place, nor with some active work in contrast with which it seems so empty and an unproducing thing. He must not set it against a creed, it is not so high as that, nor against a conquest or a true empire such as Spain and Rome possessed if a man would understand the love of england he must do what hardly any one would dare to do that is he must clearly envision england defeated in a final war and ask himself what should i do then the end of section twenty eight the end of chapter twenty six